A very, very good morning to you and thank you for staying with J101.9 FM. Welcome to another interesting, innovative and informative morning on the program, Let's Talk. Today is Tuesday. It is April 6, 2021. Much ado and much to talk concerning security this morning. And there is good news as well. Five of the 39 students abducted by bandits from the Federal College of Forestry Mechanization, AFACA in Kaduna State, have regained freedom. The five students returned on Monday afternoon and were taken to a military medical facility for examination. The Commissioner of Internal Security and Home Affairs in the state, Samuel Aruan, said in a statement, the Nigerian military has informed the Kaduna State Government that five of the many kidnapped students of the Federal College of Forestry Mechanization, Afaka Kaduna, were recovered yesterday afternoon and are presently in the military facility where they are undergoing a thorough medical checkup. The Kaduna State Government will provide updates on further operational feedback to be received in this case. The statement read. We'll be talking about this, all of this and more this morning and our, we're looking this morning at uh, domestic security and our focus is on the Oweri jailbreak, the security situation uh, from Emo State at the moment. So many questions uh, to answer concerning that. And in the studio we have with us uh, this morning, we have Ambassador Melvis. He's a security Ambassador Melvis Edger. He's a security expert. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you, Nigeria. All right. I'm um, looking at the situation right there in Owerre. Uh, 1,844 inmates ex- escaped a correctional facility. And uh, according to a statement by the Nigerian Correctional Service spokesman, Francis Enobore, the yet-to-be-identified gunman, stormed the facility in the early hours of Monday 5th, April 2021, gained entrance into the yard by using explosives to bust the administrative block. And the statement further notes that 35 inmates refused, 35 of them refused to escape while others fled. And a comprehensive investigation into the incident has been ordered by the Acting Controller General of Corrections, John Rabure. And uh, this is carried out in conjunction with other security agencies. Um, so what do we begin to make of this situation? Uh, Mr. Chilos, are you there? Are you with us now? Hello? Yeah, yeah. Um, on a turn, um, yeah. Thank you Hello, so much. All right. Thank you so much for joining you, yeah. us. Uh, Mr. Chilos Godsense, you are the President Igbo National Council, yeah. INC. Can you hear me clearly? <laughs> Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, what is going on uh, in Oweri at the moment, especially concerning uh, the jail break or the jail attack that we just saw recently, yesterday, that is? Can you give us some more information, some more light? Hello, Mr. Chilis. Okay. Well, for example, in uh, not much is going on. Yeah, for example, in uh, not much is going on. It's just that the normal police routine checkpoints and uh, stop and search and uh, you know the normal duty of the police and people are already going around their normal businesses, but the the road linking to the prison is already blocked. So over is uh, slightly okay right now this morning. So what really happened? Tell okay, us the story happened, from uh, the beginning, yes. Yesterday morning, yeah, people just woke up and uh, to the news that there has been a series of uh, attack, uh, gunshots and explosions going on in the center of the city. Because the prison is at the center of the city, the police station is at the center of the city, just close to the government house, and people we are not able to ascertain what actually was going on. But uh, at the dawn, there was the report that the members of IPOB attacked the correction center in a way, released over 1,844 
prison inmates and mm. uh, the police headquarters was also attacked, buildings burned and vehicles burned too. Um, but uh, the contradicting thing is that the IPOB have also issued a statement that they were not responsible to the attack. Mm. So these are conflicting information, for example, in our grant. Hmm. Many are wondering also yeah. how yeah. did almost 2,000 inmates manage to escape from a correctional facility uh, that we hear is somewhere close to the government house and has military checkpoints, has a police station, and uh, it's really causing a lot of questions. Uh, but let's hear from you, Ambassador Melvis Eja. Uh, you are a security expert. How do you think uh, such an operation uh, could go on? I mean, one would, there's so many questions is that the security the prison was not properly secured do they not have any armed guards i mean are prisons um you know that easy to actually just you know break in and out of well like <clears throat> like i've always maintained most times on this platform yeah. and several other platforms around the world is that uh, we really have security lapses in this country our country is actually sitting on gunpowder if care is not taken, that if the president and those in charge of security don't act fast, we'll be going into a full-blown war in this country. It's just a matter of time. Hmm. There's so much injustice. There's so much laxity and lack of commitment on the part of some security agencies. And this issue needs to be addressed. Like, I want to assure you, in no section of Nigerian security apart from the military that are actually doing their best now can withstand any threats, either local or international. Mm. It's just a matter of time that this threat will waive whatever preparation we think our security agencies have on the ground. There's some very privileged information I want to be sharing on public uh, radio because mm. it will be dangerous to our security agencies. Mm. But let me assure you that those guys came prepared and the prison correctional center was not were not prepared. They just put like one, two, three armed guards in the prison. That means that we're not prepared for any aggression. Mm. We're only prepared that, 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 that contains hardened criminals, criminals, kidnappers of all sorts, mm. international fraudsters, international drug barons. You can see how unprepared we are in this country. Hmm. Now, this is still, how could hoodlums infiltrate a correctional prison? Uh, many are talking about the chances of an inside assistance, perhaps. Definitely. I mean, Let, there's no time we've had issues like this that you sooner or later do not hear of complicity of um, inside it, it, it is mostly not possible for things like this to happen without an insider. It's not possible. In fact, it can't work. Are you not aware that prisoners make calls to their families and friends outside prisons? Are you not aware? Prisoners have phone in prisons. What are we talking about? Who gives them these phones? It's the prison warders. So there are collaborators from every side, especially insiders. The time they will come is known. The level of security there, they have been briefed for coming there. Okay, we saw videos of burnt army checkpoints in Oweri. So did the soldiers run away or they were not equipped enough uh, to handle this? Let's say the, 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 those guarding the prisons could not, but there were checkpoints. There were also uh, police around. So what happened that, um, Mr. Chilos? Hello, yeah. Mr. Chilos. Uh, what happened? These are some of the questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, these are some of the questions we are asking. And uh, these are some of the questions we are asking. One, there was a breakdown of intelligence. There was breakdown of uh, coordination. It, it, it is very impossible. It's practically impossible for that number of crowd with that number of vehicles to come to and that we are and go score one. There are several checkpoints in the metropolis. And again, the center also have a military unit guarding it. Now, behind it, directly behind it, is the state police headquarters that have a lot of uh, uh, tactical teams. So, we're trained. So, what we ask, one, these people came by that period of the time, they several, several, and they run their back, opposite, directly opposite this government house. Now, what happened? How did they come into, without, without all the police checkpoints, Point detecting 
and suspecting them and now calling for reinforcement. Mm. Again, we have to think there is a complicity. I mean, they, they said they came in about they, ten vehicles. It is now your mobush reported kids. Vehicles are being destroyed. Buildings are being destroyed. And now we ask, has he ever been in the history of this kind of a coordinated attack? We are such a magnitude of destruction will take place without a casualty. To me, that something must be wrong somewhere. There has to be a detailed investigation. So it's not like you want to call a dog a bad name in order to hang it. Hmm. One, the state must be properly investigated. All the security chief must be properly investigated. We need to know why. We are there no intelligence. We are there no intervention. We are there no interception of that number of crime. We are there no retaliation. Because what happened? All the units, all the tactical units, all the departments of the police, why is it that they did not repair this? Why are there, there no resistance? So something must be fishing somewhere. I think there is a need for us to look at the internal contradictions and ask more fundamental questions so we can fully get to the root of this crisis. So it's not enough to come out with an accusation that it is hyperbole. It is ESN. But look, there has to be proper investigation. I think we are requesting that all these security chiefs in a way must have to be redeployed, detained, and properly interrogated for complicity and conspiracy. Mm. So these are fundamental <clears throat> issues because the life the people are at stake. If a coordinated attack of such a magnitude can attack a correction center that has security, attack the state headquarters of police, then what about citizens? These are people who are meant to protect us. These are people who are paid with our tax and money to protect the citizens and now they could protect themselves. So how we shove our lives? So these are certain things we need to look at properly before we begin to sing praises of accusation and counter accusation. Mm. All right, um, Mr. Melvin uh, Edger, you are the Executive Director, Global Peace and Life Rescue Initiative, and you have also been trained in Israel as well. Um, when you look at it, what do you think is responsible for this recent trend where uh, non-state actors take up arms against uh, the citizens or even government? Let me assure you that it's a reality we have to face for a long time. We are failing as a country on a daily basis, even on an hourly basis, and something needs to be done drastically. Otherwise, this threat will continue to increase in the country. It will continue. I want to start with my brother from Oweri on the need to investigate. On the need to investigate the security heads. Mm. There is, they have no business being there at the moment. They ought to have resigned. They ought to have resigned. To start with, they ought to have resigned, mm. detained, and properly investigated. They don't have business being there in the office and be accusing IPOB and non-IPOB and ESN and non-ESN. That's not where we are now. They should be held responsible. They should be accountable. There's no how that group of non-state actors would drive through Oweri town that is well policed. Every check, every area in Oweri have checkpoints. Mm. I go to Oweri. And this correction center is in the midst of police reporter and the government house. Mm. So it's not practically possible. Something went wrong and some people need to answer questions. Very fundamental questions. So I will stand with my brother here and stand with all Nigerians that the security heads in Oweri mm. be, be asked to resign if possible. If they cannot, they should be redeployed and investigated. We Nigerians need to know. Mm. Nigerian needs to know. So if we say that all the security forces there, are we starting only with Oweri, with Imo states? Because we've seen, I mean, similar situations like this in other parts of the country. When we look Let at people begin to take local responsibility. When we look at all the abductions. Yes. That, that means every security agent in those states need to be held accountable. Now, yes, that's the issue. For, because we, we need to begin to take responsibility. If you are aware at the DPU, for instance, if you are aware that if anything happens in your general area, you'll be held responsible, you'll be more careful. Mm. If such a marching order is given to everybody mounting any guard, if you said protect JFN, should anything happen to JFN, you'll be held responsible. You're going to take your job more seriously. The problem we have is lack of commitment on the part of our security agencies. And they are 
properly, they are not properly paid. They are underpaid, they are under-motivated. So when they get little in, in, inducements, they fall to these things. Hmm. We must begin to address these issues. Many are, are worried, many are also saying that uh, we're seeing, uh, we're descending where we're seeing different warlords, you know, we will eventually of course, that's what we're getting to. become like South Sudan, where yes. we have different warlords taking control of different territories. Yes. I mean, I was watching another um, an ambassador also talk about um, what happened in Guinea uh, overnight. They were just hearing rumors that arms were being brought in, arms were being brought in, and really, before they could say anything, that is exactly what happened. Yes. So are we treating these issues with kid gloves, not just only what is going on in Oweri right now, but the general security problem? Is it time for us to declare a state of emergency concerning security in Nigeria? You cannot travel on the highway. You are not even safe in your house. You're not safe in the farms. We've seen what is going on because our farmers are no more safe. It's near impossible for us to have the food that we need. When we, when we, if you put famine and you put war together or some kind of uh, crisis, I mean, that is de definitely a lethal combination. You see, like, like, like you all know, it is long, instead of emergency, it's another statement. And it's long overdue. This country is not working in terms of security. And that is the bane of development we have in the country today. You can't travel anywhere around Nigeria today with your mind at peace. You can't sleep in your house just like you, 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 you rightly said. Now, we have a federal government that is paying lip service to this crisis. And we can't continue like this. What does it take to make the country full technology compliant? You can sit at the comfort of GFN here and police the entire plateau state with a serious government. So what are we doing? There are drones, there are equipment that you can use to tackle these criminals that are everywhere. The threat is getting closer. Let's forget about Oweri. The one in Plateau is getting more high. There is already indication. There are early warnings already that the pandemic we, are, we, are, we are working on now. And the people have complained already. What yes. is being done is the next so question. So we, we are already sitting on a time bomb, even on the Plateau here. So let's leave Oweri aside. We have issues on ground, and very soon they may begin to manifest. If well, the governor has consistently said there is some amount of peace on the plateau. No, that's that's I don't. You have no. I've, I've been very critical about it because I don't like people that pay lip service to peace. Right, peace cannot be wished. You work for peace. Mm. You don't wish it. Thank you so much. Now, Mr. Lockie Omoson, you're a social analyst. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Yeah. And we're looking at uh, the emojil break. Uh, we're asking ourselves so many questions. No intelligence gathering, breakdown of law and order. How safe is Emo right now with these criminals on the loose? And are correctional facilities totally armless? I mean, between um, for, for 1,800, almost 2,000 people to be set free, and there was security around. And we're looking also, uh, when, we, when we talk of um, arms proliferation of arms uh, AK-47 is all over this, the place, small arms, light weapons all over the place uh, military command and chain of command perhaps, uh, security could not as in the case of NSAS you know, commands has to be uh, taken before uh, you can you know, go in to take that full uh, control of the situation what do you make of it Mr. Lockie? Yeah, um First of all, let me just uh, say good morning and happy start to JFM and the management of JFM. I also want to say thank you to the listener and happy to happy start to our listeners. Uh, to come to your point of question, I want to start by saying one thing. See, in a society when the evil strive. The worst that can happen to that society is when the good people keep quiet. I must be honest. In this country, things will happen, nobody talk. Yes. If when people talk, they don't even pay attention to those that talk. What do you expect in such a society, in the country of that nature? So I must be honest to you. The problem we have is we that can talk, we should talk. We should tell the government the right thing to do. We should tell the evil, those who are committing evil, we should point them out and tell them out. If we don't do it, we are still going to be in them. And I want to answer your question again in the point I want to say. Reasons that are gathering to this issue. One, I want to tell you to be honest and sincere. The government and pampering criminals in this country, 
a situation where criminals will go to a school and kidnap 200 and something people and drive to a distance and nobody can hold this who is in charge accountable. What are you talking about? The government will not say they are going to give them amnesty at the end of the day. Somebody will go to Bush and negotiate with the uh, people, say these are people that we need to negotiate and get amnesty. And government cannot do anything about it. Are you not pimping a criminal in that art? Well, we are yet to uh, excuse me, let me finish. a name that they are saying that they are, you know, fighting for self-determination. That, that is not self-determination. That is not self-determination. What are you self-determination when you are clo when you are going to kidnap children? Is children having problem with you that you kidnap children? I don't understand. Then if you are saying self-determination, the farmers that are in the bush that are farming to get your feeding, you collect your kill them at that said determination let all be called a spade a spade the truth had to be said to us in this country if we say it we'll keep on dying in silence and we'll not allow it in this country I'm a, I'm a citizen of this country and my father my mother was indigenous indigen of this country i must stand for this country to say the truth they were peppering the criminalities that is the truth and i want to tell another reason that make us to have this problem we are not holding our leaders in this country accountable i must be honest to you how can a leader look at what happened in taiwan a, just when a train happened, 50 pokey, the minister military stepped down. In this country, now what happened in the state you are talking about today? Who have been held accountable among the, the leaders? Have anybody come out and say, okay, we are going to hold accountable, you should step down? What have happened in this country by all instances from 2015 to today? The president of the Confederation, President Mamabori, stood to be stepped down because he has breached the constitution of securing the life and property of this country. But you know, the House Assembly is even the worst. To the extent, that last, last week, a member of the House Assembly said which Nigeria should not blame a member of the dictators the, the for not, uh, uh, not you know, uh, protecting the government in uh, most of the illegalities in uh, the appointment. What is the work of dictators? Don't you know dictators is an independent body that are, that are responsible to do check and balance? They don't do check and balance in this country. I'm telling you that is another reason. The another reason I will give you, which it is a documentary, apart from holding our leaders accountable, is issue that the government refused to pronounce people terrorism, tourists. Look, look at what happened here in this issue. Since the headsmen have been killing people, the ambassador have kidnapped. Had the government of the day come and pronounce people as terrorists? No. But because they have, I don't know the reason they have behind this thing. Lastly, do you remember? Last year, the U.S. security agency warned the president, warned the federal government, that look, there's a threat to your nation, that a, a, an extreme goose is, is planning to put Nigeria to establish a canopy called Islamic Caliphate in this country. They map up Nigeria, they map up Chad, they map up Chad. Uh, Chad. But many people would say that is just rumors. It's not a rumor. It's a issue of security come. And a, and a CIA from intelligent agents of United States come out with this issue. You don't need to sleep over it and, and, and keep quiet. Hmm. The government wants to come out and look at that issue. Ambassador Melvin, I'm when, disappointed. When, when we get um, intelligence reports from international organizations or uh, from the West, you know, telling us things we should be aware of, forewarning us, telling us, you know, they say to be forewarned this to be forearmed. Should we take it serious? Because many times we would hear our own service chiefs come out to say otherwise, or to say they already know. If they know, why do they keep failing? As a matter of fact, I, I, I'm, I'm very bitter about Nigeria right now. And like I said, with my training, there are a lot of things I can't disclose here. But Nigerian is really sick security-wise. Mm. In a civilized country where things happen properly, Nigerian ought to have given priority attention to security agencies. We are paying too much lip service to it. There is so much injustice in the land. With all the monies being pumped, these monies don't get to work. I am going to give you some very few examples here. I've seen officers, I work with very senior military officers, very senior police officers, very senior DSS officers. If there is commitment, Nigerian can get back to work again. The, the peace we experienced from April last year to sometime March this year on the plateau is a deliberate effort by the former commander of STM, and very few people. He went out of his way. Extra miles. There is no place that STF won't respond within record time. Ten minutes they are there. 
Monies that were supposed to be pocketed originally were used to work. Were used to get more men. Were used to get equipment. Mm. That's the kind of mentality we want in this country. Let me assure you, we have security heads who don't even use money men for work to work. That's the truth. Money men for work. They don't even use it to work. We can't continue like this. If I give, if I give you money as a president and I don't see results, you don't have business in sleeping there. I will sack you until I get it right. Mm. I don't have to pamper you. And like you said, we are, it's not lie. We are pampering criminals. We are not calling it what it is. So if you have intelligent information from um, agents like CIA, from the Mossad, from Israeli, that our country is going into the way of an Islamic state and you are sleeping over that, that means you must be a joker. Hmm. All right, uh, Mr. Chilos, are you still with us? Hello. Okay. Um, now, what is the current state of things in Imo? We have seen that Governor Uzo Dima uh, has met with heads of security agencies, and they say also that the meeting is not unconnected to the attack on the Nigeria Correctional Service Imo State Command and the Imo State Police Command, which led to the release of an unconfirmed number of inmates. So, tell us uh, what is going on currently. What is the governor doing? What is on ground? And uh, what is the state, the general atmosphere in the town? Are people apprehensive? Are they scared? Being that uh, about 1,844 uh, people are out, so hiding criminals too. Well, people are very apprehensive because you know the majority of the guys that got loose from the corruption center are hiding criminals from Akinapas. What it means that there's going to be a bigger danger yes. in some of the Yeah. And uh, what we're saying that one, yeah, we are a lot of early warnings. Several for the first three, four months, there have been several early warnings. What has the state government from convoking the stakeholders? When you say early warnings, warnings how do you mean early warnings? These uh, activities of measures. Yeah, because there have been several parts of uh, divisional police headquarters in many of the local during the last three months, and uh, the government of the state never find it useful. To convey a stakeholder meeting or a security meeting to these contradictions and see how can these things be tackled without using the maximum of force? Who are these people? What are they doing? What are the challenges? What are their demands? So, what is the thing that we think that the government has a lot of questions to ask? On the security sheet, the state a lot of questions to answer. Because when you look at the scenario of the coordinates, Every good analyst must have to ask certain critical and fundamental questions. Why did it come this way? There are security checkpoints all around the world. But it's not such a large place. Once you are a stranger and you come into a world, you are possibly to be identified. Yes. There is a possibility to know that our strangers have come to the city. So how did this guy come in with so many vehicles, good number of people, and yet there was no, there was no resistance, there was no counter-attack? So there has to be more questions to be asked that. So this is what we're So how can the government has not even convoked a stakeholders meeting? Good. Say, okay, these things have happened. Can we do it? <clears throat> I'm rather accusing and counter-accusing I hope that has come out to say clearly that they are not responsible to these things. So one, they are saying that immediately the priority in the world must have to be ready to detain and question. So they don't want some of the loopholes because the life of the people are stake. Who are these criminals that are being released? You know, so there is a lot of uh, complicity. There is a complete compromise of intelligence and security of the people. So right now, the citizens of Imo State in Utah are very apprehensive because you know the people who has get there already wanted to in the community who are already going to go back to the community and they continue the kidnapping or they continue killing people. So they are saying this. What it means that there are likelihood for an increase in hamburger and kidnapping activities in the Imo states. So I don't think this is going to be a line. I think I don't think the citizens are going to take it lightly with the security agencies and the the state government. They need to answer a lot of questions. So these are what we're saying. How come before, how come because loss of intelligence? How come the ignorance of all early warnings? How come there was no can come there was no uh, reinforcements? How come there was no hot chase to know in which direction did these people 
good. Mm, they say they, they, they wrecked havoc for about two hours. The police need to tell us some of these things. Mm. So these are why we are very confused. These are why we are very apprehensive. These are why we are more curious to understand the root cause of this devilish attack on the people of Imo State. All right, the phone lines are open. Thank you very much, Mr. Chilos. The phone lines are open. You can contribute. You can drop your comments also on our feedback handle. The numbers to connect with us to join in on the conversation, 90 and 90 Emo attacks, IPOB and the IGP are trading words as Buhari orders address of perpetrators. What is your take on this? Hello and good morning. Good morning, my sister. Thank you for joining us. Please I'm go right ahead. Madre, good morning. Morning, ma. Morning, sir. Uh, you see, the problem we are facing now, that the enforcing, for the government of the day, for me, my own opinion, they are the cause of this problem. You understand? When the IPOD started, they prescribed them as steroid goods without arm or anything that kind. But Boko Haram, banditry, and all these headmen killing. He said to proscribe them as terrorists. One, that's the beginning because when you support one side and decide to, you know, pamper the other side, when the other side starts, they are only the worse than the other side. You understand? The government of the day did not take serious action about this thing that is happening. That's why this thing is getting out of hand. Ambassador Mikey, I, I know you are the way you try in this state. Okonkwa left this this, uh, this state, my brother, there's a very big problem about insecurity on Plateau. I'm telling you, even our area where we decide, highest eight o'clock, everybody enter his house. Honestly speaking, it's very, very unfortunate. Thank you so much for your inputs. We appreciate 090556 in four places, 99 and 090-988-48848. Hello and good morning. Hello, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Umar. I'm calling from Chi Junction. Go ahead, Sadiq. Yeah, actually, it is very, very worrisome what happened in the most in Aqua Ibom is very, very unfortunate. Oweri, Imo State. Yeah, okay, in Imo State, Oweri. Yes, it's very, very unfortunate. But looking at the security or the insecurity problem in Nigeria is something to be considered. For example, when we look in the northern side, this IPOP, what this IPOP are doing is different from what this Boko Haram and bandits are doing. These Boko Haram and bandits are more harmful than this IPOP when we see the attack that is happening. But it's very, very unfortunate in this president administration that we see that they have re- we have a repentant Boko Haram and they have rehabilitated them and they are back in our society and some governors are negotiating with some bandits. That's to say there is a sentiment. There's not injustice in the issue of tackling the insecurity. Because what is happening here, the government will know that it's going to go around the country. It's not going to just stay in this, this, how are we sure that those that have been freed now in that state now, they are not, there were not some Boko Haram among them, or there were not some bandits that are among them, or is a collaboration of uh, of all these terrorists that gathered to go and to cause the problem there? Unless the government is very justice in the issue of attacking insecurity, because any insecurity or any crime that was arrested and prosecuted, it should be a lesson to other criminals. But if there is not justice, that means this government are not serious to tackle the issue of insecurity. Justice is all what we want. This insecurity is generally in Nigeria. But we cannot say that because it's not in the northern side, then it's in that side, then we are now saying that it's IPOP. If IPOP are terrorists, then Boko Haram and Bandit also are terrorists. Thank and you so much, Sadiq Umar. You've made your point very clear. All right, um, let's take more phone calls. Hello and good morning. Hello, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Please go ahead. Your name, where you're calling us from. Go ahead, sir. Uh, I'm not surprised over what is happening in Nigeria right now. We see the lopsidedness of this federal structure. The reaction that is coming from the East is already predicted by some of us. 
that is very same people who control Nigeria have divided Nigeria into these political zones and have made the Southeast have only five states. The Northwest having seven states. And again, the local government structure, when you look at it, the Southwest have less representation, the Southeast have less representation in this federal structure. Again, coming to the, the President Buhari, you see that policies and actions have promoted the section of this country above others. How do you want these people now to feel safe in this country? When people are advocating for the restructuring or the addressing of the low-sidedness of this federal structure, again, they are being called men. Now, coming to this piece, what you have in plateau is a graveyard piece. We are talking of pandemic. This is the South. We are inviting people, these journalists, come to the house, the boundary between Rome, the South, and Barcelona, and see the number of houses that are people there. And they have known everything, myself speaking, on a victim. I've called the policemen, the, the civil defense, and so on and so forth. Nothing happened. Now, all these things are pregnant. Now, the Tatopet government, its policies and actions, they are pregnant. If these things continue to happen in the future, uh, some of these issues in which it could be discussed at a very large extent because time is against me. Thank you very much. We appreciate your input this morning. One more. Hello and good morning. Hello, are you there? Hello. Hello, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Your name, your location. Yes, very, very much. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm gentle from Gadabu. Okay, gentle from Gadabu. Go ahead. Yes, as I always said, you know, it will be very, very difficult for this administration under President Buare ever, ever, no rule out or won the war of a insurgency. Because if we remember, sometimes ago or some years ago, the wife, Aisha Buara said, the whole wife of the president herself came up that. You know, her husband, the president Buari, is not in any way touched of this country. Now, ask, let me ask you this question. You don't know. That is in affair of this country. Now, how are we going to? How are we going to make it in anything that happened today? Now, see what is happening. Of all that is happening in our country, our very dear President Buari is not in this country. Of all the killing and all that is happening, you see, this woman came up backtrack that her husband is indeed not in control of the affairs of this country. Are we going to hold who, are, who is responsible? Now, is there anything happened? Who are we going to hold? Which president or which people are we going to hold responsible? The you same know? one that we elected and the same one that's standing as president <laughs> is the same one that we will be holding responsible because we do not know of any other one. Thank you so much uh, for dropping uh, your thoughts this morning. Let's get back to the conversation. Uh, gentlemen, yeah. uh, we saw President Mohamedou Buhari Monday condemn the attack on the police command headquarters and correctional facility in Owere Imo State. And uh, Buhari in a statement by Garba Shehu, he senior special assistant on media and publicity described the attack as an act of terrorism. We also saw Abia State Government Monday announce the imposition of a 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew in Aba and Umahia Metropolis indefinitely to curtail the rising insecurity in the area. The announcement was contained in a statement issued yesterday by the Commissioner of Information, John Kalu. Uh, Mr. Chilos, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still to yeah. All right. Did you hear yeah. all the comments uh, okay. thrown out there okay. and contributions by callers? Yeah, I heard the comments. It's, it's a part of this challenge is that uh, our Nigerian political elite has not been able to tell themselves the truth. Um, can tell themselves the truth. It will be very difficult for them to tell the citizens the truth. One, the issue of 10 to 6, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. coffee imposed by the other state government is a cosmetic measure. Yes. Mm. It's, it's Very cosmetic. Why do you it's, say it's, that? Because one, 
We need to first, what are the issues? Who are the actors? Who are the key actors and who are the shadow actors? Can the priest can be reached? They can be reached. What are the measures? You cannot because you want to target a low profile somebody in order to uh, protect the high profile somebody, then you mesmerize the entire system. Hmm. These are issues we are seeing. Now, something happened in Limbo State. We already know that if such a magnitude of attack was the CCT is opened by banks. The Wedra Road is just adjacent to the government house. Many of the banks there, the rock is just adjacent to the government house, to the national center. We know that some of these institutions have CCTV. Can we mandate some of these institutions and authorities to unveil the record of the CCTV so we can not to know in which directions did this guy is coming from, in which direction did they live, in what form did they have? Because if we don't critical questions, we will mishandle it. One, what was the responses? What did the state government come here and uh, probably shed crocodiles here say we are on top of the matter, we are going to do this and we are going to do that? Are there any political tone on this attack? On the people of Imo states mm-hmm. and Nigeria in general. So, fundamentally, I think we need to look at the integrity and ask more fundamental questions. One, if we don't flow it from that perspective, looking at it analytically, I think it will end up and being a, a, a thing that is going to be swept under the carpet within the next one or two weeks because there's likely going to be maybe one or two other activities that are going to overwhelm this and now we for some of these things. How has they been able to set up a mechanism to trace back some of the emails, some of the guys, the criminal that escaped from this uh, correction center? Hmm. So How were we able to trace those with COVID-19? <laughs> we need to look at it holistically. We need to look at it on the compromise of the state. We need to look at the partiality of the government on itself. Because when you look at it, you will know that the government is, uh, is not sincere to themselves. So how can they be sincere to people? Thank you very much. Well, they were said to have arrived at the center in their large number in several Hilux pickup vans, Siena buses armed with sophisticated weapons and immediately engaged the security personnel on duty in a fierce gun battle. They eventually detonated the explosive to gain entrance. Now, do you think the, the government is doing enough to stem the tide of self-determination uh, in the country? We've seen so many regions now banned together is it time also maybe i mean the eastern security network which is supposed to be like a motico i suppose uh is is this the way to go the region the regions banding together is this a sign for progress or is this a step back what is going on with this regrouping we've seen the middle belts come out uh with their own ultimatums uh the southeast the afeni Fere, the south south what is going on we're hearing that nigeria has never been as divided as it is uh just um sunday we saw uh, uh, Lawan come out to say he's blaming the elites for what is going on in the country. Yeah. What is your perspective on this? Mr. Omoson, let's start with you. Okay, um, okay. thank me, you. Let once me, again. Let me in issue of the next action to take, an issue to the next action to be taken, if actually the government are honest, mm. before I make that point clear, I want to say that Imo State issue have to look at the issue in issue of political arrivals. Okay. You see, there was what happened last time between the former governor no, and the and those, governor. Yes, true. Mm-hmm. I think if the intelligent officers are wise, they should investigate detail of yes. that case. That mm-hmm. is one. Even with the former governor, even with Hakim. Yes, they should be able to do political investigation. And actually, they should investigate the issue that what happened in Orlo. You know, there was time there was IPO that rise in Orlo, and the government went there and at, attacked some innocent people mm-hmm. in that community. And that cries still on, on the cries of people in Orlo, in that emo state. So this issue, this should not be swept under the carpet because there's no way you can see a, a smoke without a fire behind it. So if that's what I would bring down, I'll come to your question that you ask. If the government are honest and sincere to address this issue, I must be honest with you. I know they will not take it in the way I will look at it. But it will be better for us to look issue that will bring results for positive answers. One, this country needs true federalism. I must be honest with you. Let 
we cannot say you're going to do state policing when federal government is giving you money. It's not going to work. Every state should be allowed to control its resources and develop resources and use resources. You give some percentage to federal government. That state will be able to generate revenue for itself, maintain its security network, and its other project network. That's it will stand. Then another we need to do, if we really be honest to ourselves, we should be holding our leaders accountable. We Nigerians, let us try to be wise. When people looking religion as a way to uh, supporting people, you look tribe. To, it will not help us. We must try to hold our leaders accountable. Either through the House of Assembly or through citizens should come out and hold our leaders accountable. If you are not doing well, we will ask you to step down. You cannot be there when not do anything for us as a citizen. And another we need to do, if we are be honest to ourselves, I must be frank to you, this country we need to root do the benefits attached to political office holders. Mm. I'm telling you my gospel mind. I've, you know, I'm an economist. I've gone to a lot of jobs with different organizations. I discovered money attached to political office holders is too much. Go and ask your governor to the Plateau State. If he, he may not give you the correct figures. How much is attached to him a day to run his vehicles? Fueling. Go ask commissioners. Plateau State is a poor state in, in terms of internal regional revenue. I, I know, I'm an economist. I'll give you statistics of Plateau State internal revenue here. It's very poor. But you see even the people managing the internal revenue board, the, the, I mean, look at the cost of living there. Go and see the commissioners in Plateau State. Go and see permanent secretary. The high cost of living there. How can you expect good governance in such a situation? So people will die. They will, die. They will do all manner to be in that office. So when you do that benefit attached to this particular office, people attractive. will go there to sacrifice, to do duty for the people, not to serve themselves. I think if you can do these things, it will help us to move ahead as a nation. Right. I think I will just talk for Let, my second to come in. Let's hear from you now, Mr. Melvin Edger. Uh, what is the solution? Restructurization. The country is sleeping. They say at breakneck, uh, at breakneck speed, uh, regions are banding, storms are gathering, and we don't want warlords taking over our territory. So what do we begin to do? When we look at Sunday Boho, he has sympathizers too. When we look at Namdekanu, he has sympathizers too. You look at uh, what is going on in the, in the Northeast, they have sympathizers too or else you know why have they been have why have we been unable to, to to even get one person to say okay this is the face of boko haram till today let me let me let me let me make something so let's talk about quite, solutions quite now. quite clear and, and let, me, let me let me digress a little to answer some of these questions so you, you asked him about benefit to political office holders mm. uh we have to start with attitudinal change on the electorate on the people while I am a strong advocate of reducing financial benefit to political office holders, the first thing to do is that the electorate, the people, must hold their leaders accountable through projects and implementation of projects. If a political officer that wake up from sleep in the morning, 10, 20 people are already waiting for him to give him money from where? I will leave that there. So we have to start by changing our attitude. How we go to this point and beg them instead of demanding accountability, demanding what to do with our money. Now let's go to the agitation. It's very sad that the country is sliding into a failed state. Warlord are springing up everywhere. Very soon, plateau warlord will spring up. It's already coming. It's already coming because the government is getting clearly and very insensitive on a daily basis. These are wrong actions as long as I am concerned. They, 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 they are not good for the country. I'm an advocate of one Nigerian. But there is a factor that, that there's a factor that is promoting this division, which is injustice. The government at the center and at the state and at the local government have to be fair to all. Nigerians need to be treated equally. Nigerians need to be treated the samely. If Appointment is given to be shared among the six geopolitical zones. Issue go down. Every part of this country deserves equal stake. When these issues are done, then Mr. President also needs to step down from his high horse and meet with the people. Starting from the zones, call stakeholders, call youth, call women and engage them. The governor needs to do this. To escalate this conflict, there's a looming conflict and people must talk. It's not to sit down in Abuja and issue statement to one clown. So should a state of emergency be declared concerning security? This is part of the state of emergency. While we are talking about the kinetic approach of the security, the non-kinetic approach is more important. 
because the non people can you can carry guns and shoot peace can't be enforced. You must work for it. People need to own their peace process. They must agree that, yes, we want to live together. They must agree that these things you are seeing, they are elites. There are people that are promoting it. This useless boys that went to so bomb that black person. Right. Yes. That one is right. There are people promoting this, 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 this problem in Nigeria. Mm. You need to talk to people. Let's hear from Mr. Chilos. Mr. Chilos, your last words concerning solutions now. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Chilos. Are you still with us? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. let's get your last words concerning uh, solutions uh, now. When you look at it, that, uh, uh, I want to say that first, the Nigerian government must be committed to the issue of restructuring. Yes. We must be committed to the issue of responding to the general agitation of different ethnic minorities, different indigenous people all over the country. And the federal government must be ready to develop power. The federal government must be ready to have a roundtable discussion with all the continent nationalities that make up the Nigerian, the Nigerian state. You know currently there is this bias because everybody in this country now are practically aware that there are preferences given to men to carry on unleash terror on different communities in this country and yet the states will close their eyes. When you go to police station to re, to re, they tell you no, they don't handle the issue of the phone enhancement. So in that case, we see a situation where many communities and ethnic groups, nationalities begin to think of a way of defending themselves because the right to self-defense is fundamental right. Now, if that process is in allowed to go on, what you will experience is that there's going to be total liberalization of all different nationalities and ethnic groups in Nigeria. And when that is being done, that means the country will have more problems, more challenges on issue of proliferation of arms. And once a nation cannot control the proliferation of arms, that means the country is going close to failure. Because Nigeria is not as it is, some people say it's already a fair state. But I think we can still do something. But the federal government must be sincere enough to convoke a sovereign national conference or a general national conference where issues of contemplability, uh, where issues of sovereignty. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time this morning. Mr. Chilos Godsend, President Igbo National Council, INC. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. This is the much we can take uh, this morning on the program Let's Talk. And also thank you very much, Ambassador Mel Melvin Edger, thank you, Executive thank you, thank Director, you. Global Peace and Life Rescue Initiative. Thank you very much, Mr. Lucky Omoson, an economist much. and social analyst. Thank well, uh, security, national security laws must protect national security but they must also protect public trust and preserve the ability of an informed electorate to hold its government to account and you also have to remember not to compromise on national security for purely budgetary reasons the world is dangerous and we must always be prepared for anything that might threaten our national interest and security with that being said keep your dial locked right here remember this is an ongoing conversation you can continue the conversation on our feedback handle on facebook is www.facebook.com forward slash JFM Joss, Instagram and Twitter at JFM Joss. Announcement here for a missing ID card, Nigerian College of Accountancy Joss, Postgraduate Professional College and Training Arm of Anan. Uh, the identity, the name on the identity card is Freeman Ngatua Tumba. Registration number NCA slash PFTP slash 20 slash 52773. If your ID card is missing, please do come to J101.9 FM to retrieve it. With that being said, news top of the hour comes up next. After that, the midday show with Ogi Digbo. Keep a dial locked here. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.